watch Tim wishes you good luck and Godspeed. Today in the studio, we have Yuri Petushko, co-founder and CTO of Remark. He and his team just completed the release of second-generation standards on Singular, the app that has defined the culture of Kusama. Yuri, fantastic to have you on the show. Hey, Jay, thanks for having me. It's just so great to have you here and just so excited to see what your community does with these new tools you've put in their hands. I just thought we'd start the conversation with a little bit of context. Uh, Maybe you could quickly tell us the story about how you and Bruno met. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I've been a Web2 developer since 2008. So, what, 14 14 years now? I started as a developer in London and uh, I moved to Portugal in 2016 and... uh, and a friend of mine from London told me that uh, the city that I moved to, there is this uh, girl that uh, she's deaf also, and we should meet her just to get some friends, uh, meet some friends, uh, and get into community of expats. Mm-hmm. So, so and this girl, we we kind of met with her on numerous occasions, and one day she told told me about this uh, hackathon in Porto that is going on, and and that her friend is coming there that she met at PHP conference in Bulgaria. So, and we drove there uh, one day to this hackathon just to have fun. We didn't expect to to win or anything. Uh, it was just like a social call. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this the friend of hers turned out to be Bruno. And uh, we spoke, uh, we, we had some fun at hackathon and then we spoke a bit more on chats. Uh, and uh, we talked about Ethereum later when it, uh, when the, uh, Ido, uh, was, was going on and, uh, and that's it. And we kind of lost contact. And then after uh, five years, uh, so as I was, uh, Googling, uh, Kusama and Polkadot and, uh, subscribe to Kusama subreddit. And so this video posted by someone of him uh, explaining the difference between Polkadot and Kusama. Uh-huh. And I thought, wow, that, this familiar, familiar name. And familiar face and the reason why i joined the subreddit is to i was i wanted to get into web3 uh to change my uh, to change job to to go to go to work as, a, as the same dev but in web3 sure and when i saw his face uh, my immediate instinct was oh he is working on web3 so i should uh, message him message him on uh, the only contact i had with him was on instagram okay which was kind of funny so i messaged him on instagram and then just snowballed from there. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know, okay. but I was like, hey, so we're looking into Kusama and I would like to work there, but uh, don't know how to get into Web3. And, uh, and it looks like you work at Parity. And uh, he said, well, uh, I don't know any uh, open job positions. You can try to apply to Parity, but I also work. Uh, I also have this protocol that I'm developing, but I have no time to do it. Yeah. There is some other guys who is building on it, but nothing good is coming out of it yet. Uh-huh. So join this Telegram group and I joined. I started contributing to GitHub. Uh, opening some PRs, cleaning up codes, writing unit tests, just uh, writing code that he didn't have time to, to, to write. 
And after uh, like uh, three, four weeks of, of me contributing, he said, well, this is going somewhere. So let's talk about it on more serious uh, note in, yeah, in, uh, and take it further in, in more serious fashion. Kind of. did, did you understand the scope of the project at that time or were you just helping out where you could? He didn't too, so no one did. It was yeah. like, uh, <laughs> let's uh, do something with it. It sounds fun. No right. one does it, but uh, let's see where it takes us. Okay, so what got you excited about the project? Primarily, it's Web3 that there is this chance to get into into my skills of Web2, to get a chance at Web3 and uh, to get into this community of Web3 developers. I see. So I, I saw that there are some developers in this uh, Telegram group and was excited to be amongst them and uh, that I, I, I saw the code and I saw that I can I can actually uh, contribute something meaningful to it. So, so that was exciting. Before that, I thought that oh, you, you have to have some specific set of skills that uh, mm. to, to contribute some kind of blockchain development. Uh, but actually, uh, now that I understand that any kind of um, employees or any kind of skills are needed there from like normal marketing people and content creator and developers and designers and normal. And now, uh, and now this is, this was happening here right now. And, uh, everyone, or mm. I had a chance to join it early on. So, so I took my chance. Well, yeah, you really picked a good one here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering, uh, I, I guess you've probably been on this project for like ten months now. Uh, a year already. A year. Actually. Okay. Yeah. So what's been what's been the biggest challenge to get this far? And and you guys have come very far. Yeah. Uh, well, challenge is dev shortage always. Yeah. <laughs> so the 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 amount of ideas we have, the amount the how much more we can build. Uh, if we had more manpower, we already work like 14 hours a day. Yeah, yeah. And, but uh, <laughs> th th there is only uh, that much that we can do. And uh, and yeah, obviously the, the productivity declines and you have to take some breaks sometimes and like uh, recharge, res restart. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so we have a lot of immediate immediately available features that can... Uh, improve uh, user experience it can uh, bring new new ways you interact with nfts and other technologies we can branch out to non-nft projects also we have great ideas there but uh, it's just almost impossible to find a decent devs so who does the hiring right now we all do we well, okay. uh, depending on the um, kind of department so Ilya does a bit of uh, a substrate pallet uh, hiring. I'm mostly doing uh, like full stack web development uh, hiring right now. Mm -hmm. uh, Bruno does like marketing and other areas. So we, we did hire two great uh, junior to mid devs, but now they're stuck at war <laughs> in Kiev. So it was kind of unfortunate. Oh. They worked with us for three months. And now they cannot work. Uh, obviously, they still work for us, but they cannot. Uh, so we're waiting until they they have chance to get out of the country. But uh, they're not letting them out right now. Hmm. So when you're hiring, what are you looking for in a dev? 
Yeah, there is. Uh, it's very important that person wants to learn, and uh, oh, it's in any any profession, of course. Uh, he's willing to learn. He can uh, self-organize, and uh, and uh, he's quick at onboarding himself. Um, so, like, he's independent enough. Yeah, and basically, he's really eager to learn. So he asks you first what to do next or what to learn next or you have to chase him and check uh, what he's up to. So this is usually is clear from a couple of interviews. Sometimes it's not, and, but th that's why we have a probation period. But uh, yeah, so just someone eager to learn. But And then obviously the technologists, it, the stack, the technical stack should match what we have, because otherwise we will have to train someone for three months. And to train someone, mm -hmm. that means that one of us will have to spend more time and we already are sure yeah uh, on uh, on death power and then uh, taking more time to uh, train someone would so the, per the the candidate needs to have some experience they can't be you know fresh out of boot camp or whatever yeah unfortunately not not at this stage at least uh, okay. we have uh, more devs uh, and then uh, we can kind of some of us can do less coding and more like management and this kind of thing. Although none of us likes management. We hate it, to be honest, okay. and we like to <laughs> code. And uh, and we would be ashamed to lose this and start managing other people. What turns you on to coding, Yuri? It's like a, like a kind of a Sudoku, kind of, that you get uh, money for. So it's like those little <laughs> challenges that, you know, like, or like some kind of uh, game that uh, you, it's hard, but then when it's, you crack it, you have this boost like uh, of euphoria of, uh, oh, I finally solved it. And then uh, it's nice for a while. And then you move to the next thing to solve. And it's yeah. always, there is always some kind of little challenge, sometimes uh -huh. bigger, sometimes smaller, but uh, this, uh, those little bursts of euphoria from solving something. It's kind of like a, yeah, addictive maybe <laughs> in a sense, but it feels, feels good. Cool. Okay. So let's talk about the, the puzzles you have going on right now. You're trying to solve for three different versions of, um, yeah. of these standards, right? We have the, uh, the remark, uh, uh, I start calling it, it extrinsic remark now. Okay. Yep. Uh, or system remark remark. <laughs> It's uh, the Kusama on-chain original version. Then th there is the smart contract, uh, the EVM, uh, Ethereum virtual machine version that is being developed uh, with help of uh, Skeda, who is the Neon Crisis developer. Yeah. Um, and then there is a pallet version, which is like uh, pallets are like uh, modules or uh, plugins that you can add to any substrate-based uh, blockchain or parachain. Yeah. And uh, this is being developed, uh, this project is led by Ilya, one of uh, core team members, and uh, with the help of teams uh, from Fala mostly. How did that relationship start real quick between uh, you and Fala? It's all Bruno. So all, all the relationships we have is Bruno's doing. He's, uh, he's the best at it. Uh, his best, uh, not, not his, his best, one of his best uh, qualities that he he connects with all this uh, other substrate uh, projects re really well and um, nice uh, we, we had partnership with them early on 
since the Canary XL and uh, we just talked with them since then and they were interested in our tech and they saw how popular are NFTs and they were looking at how to turn their, they already have their product running and how can yeah. they create a product out of it, like a, like a consumer facing, another consumer facing product out of their tech. Yeah. So they can, they can utilize their cloud uh, decentralized computing um, technology to power up uh, this metaverse they're working on called Fala yeah. World, World. Yeah, yeah. They will be using our uh, palettes and they are so eager to use them that uh, they're really helping us a lot on it. And uh, I even sense that the palettes might be ready before the contract. Oh, wow. Okay. So I wanted to ask you, between these three different versions of Remark, are NFTs going to be compatible where Remark standards are supported? Yeah, this this is the plan, but obviously okay. it's never that simply simple, and uh, okay. there will be uh, there will have to be some bridges there, yeah. and uh, it's not often the best user experience for users to bridge it uh, from one standard to another. Well, the standard is the same, but uh, the way it's written, it differs a bit. Yeah. So, so there will be some bridging, there will be some uh, migrations, and uh, I hope the UX eventually will be as streamlined as possible. And will the original remark extrinsic standard ever be made irrelevant with the palette standards that you're building? I hope so, really, <laughs> because yeah, it's, yeah. it's uh, uh, we, we are grateful to it. If we can talk about it as uh, like a person or an entity, we're grateful. For everything it yeah. gave to us, it allowed us to move quickly. Right, but uh, right. it's very hard to work with because, yeah, one, it's there is no on-chain validation, so yeah. some issues can arise from it. Uh, there is nothing, uh, there is no smart contract or nothing on-chain that can tell you that this item is still for sale, for example. So we have to resort to some off-chain validation. Mm -hmm. uh, not to go to technical, te deep into technicalities of it. You know, I understand why you say you're grateful for it, because I think we're all grateful for it. Even having kind of Ethereum-style dumb NFTs, just the promise of what was coming and what was being shown off with Canaria, like it really jump-started the culture and you know a lot of artists' careers over the past 10 months. And without these extrinsic standards that you guys built, I really don't know what Kusama would look like today. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's crazy. And, uh, and I hope more founders and co-founders will realize this, uh, that the importance of community. And of course, technology is, uh, is for, for and for, foremost, right? Uh, the, if, if, the, if, the, if the blockchain has a, the core technology is strong, yes, the adaptation can be strong and it's a strong foundation for a future. But, but without community, it can cannot go far. And also, this, this shortage of developers yeah. uh, in whole uh, blockchain ecosystem can be kind of uh, fixed by having a strong community. And, and NFTs bring this community. NFT brings a lot of new developers into ecosystem, and those developers then can branch out and join other teams supported by core players in the industry early on uh, the whole NFT initiative because it brings 
developers and communities and users together. No doubt. Now, I'm really excited to see what everybody does with the standards now that they're in our hands. I'm wondering what new feature you love, are you obsessed with, that you don't think has been fully appreciated mm. yet? Well, uh, although it's, it's, it's launched now, the, the, uh, the UI still doesn't allow you to create the, the equipable and composable uh, NFTs. I'm, I'm working on it right now. This so although you can do it with the code, uh, and you can see it uh, on the UI and interact with it, but creators cannot create their own composable and equitable NFTs yet. They can create a multi-resource NFTs and revealable NFTs now, but okay. not uh, equipable. So for equipable, oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah. So okay. there is a there is additional uh, kind of quite complex uh, user journey needs to be created where you. As a creator, create this uh, kind of instruction, on-chain instruction that we call base. Uh, is how, uh, what kind of slots each uh, NFT collection will have, where other NFTs can be equipped. So yeah. once you create this instruction, this base, you can then add it to your NFTs. Uh, so this this uh, needs to be created, and this is what we are working on right now. So after this, then any mortal can actually start creating those uh, equipable NFTs. Okay. But now they already can create uh, some interesting use cases with uh, multi-resource. So. What can you tell us uh, about the multi-resource feature? It's, it's quite simple in a nutshell. Yeah, it's just, as it says on a tin, you can just add um, multiple resources, not just one image, for example, but like more images or image and a video. But uh, uh, some cool things about it that one is that you can add those resources after NFT is minted. So like uh, after a week or after a month, after it's sold. Yeah. So for example, this can be used, I don't know, like um, a, a project type of date, for example, you, you release your NFT as a sketch and then you push new image of, or you push a video of you drawing this NFT, like a time-lapse. Right. And then you push the final version, for example, then you can ha have the evolution of your NFT, uh, and you can scroll through all of them. And that feature is available for creators right now? Yeah, it is, yes. So uh, people who uh, minted the NFTs, they can push new resources to their owners. Can mm -hmm. owners also put a new resource? They can, they can like beef up their NFTs as well? No, no, no. Only oh. the creator, only okay. a creator of collection. And if, if the oh, creator cool. do doesn't own an NFT anymore, yeah. He would be able to do it, but uh, the owner will have to, so people don't push any dick pics to you or something like that. So, yeah, right. Totally. Surprise. So you, so the owner has a right to accept or not accept the incoming resource that creator uh, uh, tried to push to it. Wow. Cool. And how about uh, some crazy feature ideas? If you had all the hands on deck that you needed, a feature that you would like to build, you would like to see brought into light. Midterm, I'm most excited about other types of equipable uh, NFTs. So, so far we only saw image images, like image-based composable and equipable, right? Sure. But I'm, I'm uh, mostly excited now about one is 3D equipable, so where um, you can change the look of your 3D model on the fly dynamically by equipping and unequipping other NFT models, 3D models that you have. 
Yes. And then each of those models can be animated, for example, and then model around all together, all composed. So this can create a cool kind of uh, very cool NFTs that no one else has. And then the audio composable NFT, of course, is another one uh, that I'm really excited about. So you can have like a position on the fly by mixing together different stems from different artists or same artists, but uh, you can basically equip uh, audio stems or audio tracks together to create the final piece and then trade it. Right, collaborative music uh, generation, eh? It's within reach. It's not like uh, uh, some, yeah, some very crazy far, far away uh, feature that we can build, and uh, but this is something close by. Amazing. But something like outrageous, I don't even, I don't think I even have time to think about it now. I'm sure Bruno brainstorming sure. crazy ideas there, but I'm more thinking of uh, midterm uh, features now. Cool. Now, Yuri, I really appreciate you being here today. Just before you go, I wanted to ask you maybe something a little personal. Hmm. Your online persona, it has a lot to do uh, with mushrooms kind of <laughs> everywhere you know there's kind of mushrooms popping up all over your profiles and you're really into this mushroom topia collection that we've been covering on the show i'm just wondering if you just if you have anything to say about uh, about that okay so yeah so i was following ruben topia's uh, art before singular and i was the one who invited him for canaria competition and then he he, he stuck with us which i'm really grateful for and uh, as you know, he's one of the most popular artists now on Singular. And when I when I when he reached me about uh, uh, if I know any marketing people because he needed some direction what to do next, he, he had a lot of small kind of project in mind, but he didn't know what to what exactly to work on. He wanted some help because he's artist and not a marketing person or uh, or not like yeah not a person to. And he, he didn't understand all the features of Remark 2 as well, so he reached me out and I asked around if there are any people who would like to take this on board, and I sure did find found team of uh, some of the greatest um, community members of Remark. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, we came up with Topia. I provided my technical kind of understanding and a bit of ideas of, uh, of this lore of Mushroom Topia. And then, of, of course, uh, uh, Ruben contributed uh, all his crazy visions and visionary ideas as well, not just pictures, but uh, lore he expanded on it. He's amazing. So, yeah, this was born, born from the mutual, our mutual interest towards uh, fungi. Yuri, it was super awesome to have you in here. Thanks for sharing everything you did. Thanks for your commitment to this project. I know you're working, you know, seven days a week <laughs> to get this out, and we all really appreciate it. And thank you for taking the time to come in here and tell us about it today. Thanks, Jay. And likewise, we're huge fans of your channel at Remark daily and discuss it in our private Slack. So keep it going like you're, you're doing crazy. Awesome. Will do. Thanks a lot, buddy. Okay. Thanks. Thanks.